What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Louda, what do you have? All right. Full disclaimer, because you guys know I've always said I'm not a huge soccer fan. Mm-hmm. But, but, huge but, I saw the Lionel, Me- Lionel Messi uh, press conference. Yo, I got so teary-eyed watching that. I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was like in tears with him because yeah. it was very emotional, right? And yeah, um, yeah. as you guys, uh-huh. if you didn't know, because, you know, huge story, he is no longer with Barcelona, but he just signed his contract with PSG. He is going to yeah. be wearing number 30. Yeah. And his contract is for anywhere between 35 to $41 million net a year. Yeah. Like, Ooh. Yeah. Except here's the thing. You know why he's really crying? Because a year and a half ago, there was a contract put uh, in front of him that was worth like $600 million for several years, okay? Including a window where he could come to the United States and play for the MLS and still being paid by Barcelona. And he chose not to sign it at the time. Wanted to sign the contract uh, literally weeks before the season started. And Barcelona was like, bro, we've already spent our cap. We can't afford that contract that you want. So I'd be crying too. People don't want to talk about this enough in this country, but he pulled a shrewd in some ways now granted he's arguably the greatest player to ever play and 30 to 40 million dollars a year is still pretty awesome but he could add way more money with the the proposed Barcelona contract that he had uh and he blew it so I'd be crying too I know everyone wants to frame it as the memories and he was literally a child when he went there I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that there isn't an emotional aspect of it but I do believe we were talking earlier about Kaplan blowing a bunch of stock options when they were two dollars and they ended up being worth worth like $50 a, a share or whatever the hell it was, or $100 a share. Well, Messi has to feel very similarly because he blew it big time financially. You know, I wish I had a greater appreciation for this Messi story and how huge it is around the world. Um, I just don't feel like I've got a really good grasp on the story. George, do you watch a lot of uh, European? I mean, not I a lot, but I do watch occasionally, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't at all. Um, I have friends that wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning to go watch these soccer no, matches I don't do that. That's at crazy. pubs, mm-hmm. and they want to be around crowds, and I love the passion. I just wish I had a greater appreciation for how much of a star Messi is, how big of a story this is internationally. Um, I don't. I've kind of got that arrogant American sports fan, football, yeah, baseball, Well, why don't basketball. you just change that then if you want? You know. <laughs> well, it's, it's not because I don't I'm love trying. soccer. I absolutely love the game of soccer. I know, soccer. your daughters, your kids, right? Yeah. They all played soccer. Right? Love the game of soccer. Um, yeah. I know we've got something cooking here real soon with uh, LAFC that we're going to be doing a night there. I love the game. I just don't have the great appreciation for how big of a star Lionel Messi is. And I wonder, you know, you're talking about blowing this deal. He's got so many hundreds of millions of dollars already, unlike a Dennis Schroeder, who's going to go from an $84 million contract down to a $6 million contract for one year. I wonder if it is really a financial thing or if it really is an emotional thing. Hey, I've been here since I'm a little kid. I've only been with this franchise. And now it's time to move on. How long was it? I think it's both. I think it's both. I think he blew it, and I think he's also emotionally tied to it. But I do think he blew it for sure. Yeah, 21 years is a long time. To be connected. Well, especially how old was he when he got there? Was he 14, 15, something like that? He was really young. Yeah. I mean, I was forced to watch soccer in my household. So I think that's why I was like, oh, I don't want to. And my mom thinks she knows about sports and she's yelling at the TV with boxing and soccer. I'm like, Ma, do you even know what's happening? No, but it's one, you know, and I'm just like, okay. So I never really knew. Yeah. When I was a little kid, there was this one soccer show. This is pre cable TV. 
It was called Soccer Made in Germany. I'm Tubby Charles. And there was this guy, and he would yell and scream and rant and rave. And it was like, growing up, I was like, there's one soccer game. It's Soccer Made in Germany. And so I just wish I had this, uh, this great appreciation for, what else is it called? There's Premier League, or I guess you're supposed to call it Premier, not Premier. Premier. What's right. the other league? Does anybody know? Uh, he was playing in La Liga, which ah, is in gracias. Spain. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, there's the Mexican League as well. Liga MX. Yeah. MX. There's so many. It's like. Yeah. I mean, crazy. well, there's different regions of the world. Yeah. So there's I mean, that, yeah. right. But I'm, yeah. like, I get confused. Because, see, like, I'm with Cap, right? So I think about the MLB and I just focus here. I think of NBA and I focus here. But there's so many other leagues and I'm just like okay cool but I don't really care to watch so with soccer they're all intertwined because you know Messi is from Argentina and then he's a like the captain over there and then you have Mexican players that play for Mexico but then they go you know to Europe and you're like okay they're they trade and they're everywhere whereas like here we usually just our boys stay here so I, I think that's why for me too it's it's so huge that I'm like whoa it's a lot if Messi could play in the MLS because it was a big deal when David Beckham came, but the MLS was not nearly as far ahead as it is today. Mm -hmm. If Messi could play a season in the MLS, what that would do for this league that has grown so much. It is. If if you were somebody that was going to buy a pro sports team, forget about an NBA team, forget about basketball, uh, football, baseball, forget about that. These, these are billions and billions of dollars. The most upside for owning a franchise is in MLS. And if Messi were to come and play one year, two years, man, it would just explode that much more. I would love to see it. I agree. Yeah, no doubt. All right, that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Well, good for you, Kaplan, because if you would have had those stock options, you could have potentially bought into an MLS franchise because the uh, average hey, is about $550 million. You know? Yeah, yeah, George, I'll tell you, man, uh, as much as Schroeder made this mistake, you asked the question earlier, what's the biggest financial mistake you've ever made in your life? And again, as I've now recounted this thing, here I am, I'm like 26, 27, 28 years old. I don't know anything about the stock market. I've been given these stock options at $2 a share. The stock shoots up to $80. I'm sitting on $78 a share times thousands and thousands of shares on paper. I'm a 20 something year old kid and I don't even realize I've got a couple million bucks sitting right here. And if I would have been smart, I would have cashed that money out. I'm not exaggerating to you. I've got a buddy of mine uh, who is in that company at the same time. And he's on this uh, vacation right now with his whole family on his mega yacht in Alaska for the summer and he's putting out all these Instagram posts and I'm like this guy legitimately 25 years ago cashed in millions and millions and millions of dollars turned it into lots and lots and lots of other dollars and now this guy's living the good life and uh, and I had no sense of how much money I had at the time and now I have a sense of how much money I lost unfortunately yeah why'd you have to bring this up man I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought it was an interesting conversation. And it you, really uh, was, and now it's become depressing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> That's your fault. It is my fault. You're 100% right. I'll tell you guys, I know, I'll never forget. It was a, the stock had gone from $80. It was down at you know, $50. It went down to $30. Now it's $19.99. I'm sitting there in my apartment in New York City. I'm looking at my E-Trade account. The stock price is $11. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm not going to sell it now. I mean, you know, I'm not going to sell it now. It's going to come back, right? From $11 down to zero. Gone. Psh, up in smoke. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, you know, 
up in smoke. Uh, that's how people have felt about USC's football program over the last several years, um, ever since Sam Darnold went away to the NFL. But listen, USC opened the season in the coaches' poll, ranked number 14, Kaplan. Now, I happen to think, you know, I like Clay Helton. I think Clay Helton is a good recruiter. I think Clay Helton's a good man. I think Clay Helton certainly cares about USC and the USC program. But at some point, I feel like, you know, this we, we know that this alumni base can be a little difficult to deal with at times, and understandably so. They spend a lot of money. Uh, they pay for a lot of stuff, and they expect results. And I, I feel like – I know I've, we've – I feel like we've said this like three years in a row, but this feels like the year where Clay Helton could be literally playing for his, like, coaching life right now. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that, George. I think the other part of it is – is, you know, USC hired a new athletic director a couple years back. Mike Bone. Mike yeah. Bone. And, and Mike would like to put his uh, stamp on the program. And I think that most USC football fans, myself included, uh, we think about Pete Carroll. And, you see, the thing is, is that Pete Carroll today was not Pete Carroll when he took the SC job. When he took the SC job, he was Pete Carroll, the failed NFL coach with the Jets and the Patriots. It so happens that Pete started a bit of a trend, which was going from the NFL where he'd not been successful back to college football where he found the ultimate success and then parlayed that back into the NFL and got himself out of USC before a whole bunch of things went down. Um, I'm still a huge, huge Pete fan. He's one of my favorite guys in football. I think that SC fans think that what this program needs is is a big name, a big superstar name. Because in the final analysis, George, here's the one thing we know about SC football. If you are a top-level recruit in Los Angeles or Orange County playing in the CIF Southern Division, or even if you're a top-level player in the San Diego CIF Division, okay, SC is still one of the top destinations for top-level players, and especially quarterbacks, which is why... Every time they have a quarterback, uh, every year their quarterback is a Southern California kid. He's always the top player from wherever he was. And by the way, they've got three or four or five of them on the roster. So it's still the top destination for recruits, but they've got to get back to national relevance because I think, George, forget about UCLA, Oregon, Stanford, Cal, Arizona, etc. Nobody has the national cachet. The, the USC. USC, because right. when USC is good, it feels like not only the Pac-12 is good, but the whole entire Western Hemisphere of the United States right. uh, feels good. You know, it feels like it's it's there to play. Um, and, and it look, it's it having lived here now for five, six years, whatever it is, the whole West Coast bias or East Coast bias, whichever way you look at it, is real. Uh, you've you've been out here twenty something years, Kaplan. You know it too. It's real, okay? Because the games are generally played late. Um, but when USC is good, they're getting that big time prime time slot, right, for the whole country to see. And I think that's important. And that that in itself, like they carry the torch for an entire region of the country. Forget about just their their conference. So it is important for them to be good. Speaking of important, it's important for you to tell people to be caller number four coming up here in just a second because we're throwing a big party, right? Tell the people about the party we're throwing and why they need to be caller number four at 877-710-ESPN. Uh, I will do that, George. I would be glad to do that as a matter of fact. Here goes. 
Um, yes, it is a huge fantasy football draft party. We want to invite you and nine of your closest friends. This is happening on Friday, August 27th. Don't worry, everybody. I'll have multiple negative COVID tests by then. Um, this is happening at Hollywood Park Casino, and it'll be hosted by Keyshawn Johnson, Travis Rogers, and me. Um, if you call 877-710-ESPN right now, 877-710-3776, caller number 500. Is that good, Laura? Because I know you have no, to answer all the four, calls. Oh, dude, caller four. Oh, caller four. My bad. Oh, my bad. We're not going to go through 500 calls. Caller four will win the entry to the draft party with nine of your closest friends. We'll be broadcasting the show live from 4 to 7 p.m. that day at Hollywood Park Casino. The draft party will then start at 7 o'clock. Everyone's going to have food and drink and swag bag and uh, chances to win prizes. Thank you, Hollywood Park Casino. Elevate your game. Let's find a winner, George Sedano. All right, caller four now, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. All right, we're done early today, 6.30 for the Angels game. So here's what we're going to do. Everyone's favorite segment, Big Deal or No Deal, the most popular segment on this show. We're going to do it one segment early. That's coming up next. Big into big deals. Uh, it's a big deal for you to call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call my friends at Sam and Ash Law at 800-304-2000. That's 800-304-2000 because you deserve what's right. Lindsay, what's right in the game tonight? Well, big deal or no deal, let's start with a recent Wall Street Journal story that uncovered a very shady business practice that has become common among Amazon sellers. A number of them are tracking down customers who leave bad reviews and begging them to remove their posts, sometimes offering them refunds worth more than the item itself. Now, sellers contacting customers outside of Amazon is against company rules, so is requesting good reviews or the removal of bad reviews. Amazon said that they apparently suspend, ban, and take legal action against those people who violate the policies, but not a lot of merchants are getting away with it. Or a lot of merchants are getting away with it. Is this a big deal or no deal? Well, you know, it's amazing to me how consumed companies can be with, I'll use an example, Yelp reviews. You know, And, and by the way, how much power the consumer has by leaving bad reviews. And how much a company can feel like a bad review can seriously negatively impact their business. So I think it's a big deal that uh, people are leaving these negative reviews and the companies are that consumed by it that they're willing to go that far out of their way, give refunds. In, and in some cases, as you're saying, Lindsay, refunds that are worth more than what they paid for the product. So um, I think this is a big deal. Um, yeah, there's also plenty of stories of where like these third party sellers, you know, pester these customers uh, who leave bad reviews too. like um, it, it. The whole thing is strange. You should be it, it, look, you should be able to leave a accurate review. If you didn't like it, that's cool. If, if you loved it, that's great. I don't leave reviews on almost anything. I, I got to be honest reviews. with you. I've never even used Yelp. Like, I, maybe like three times in my entire life, okay, have I written something. And it either has to be like one of the worst experiences I've ever had or one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. So it's, it's no in-between on that. I don't do it enough. But let people say what they really feel. Like, this, you know, buying people off, like, I mean, I guess, you know, it's not a meritocracy, right? There, This stuff happens in all walks of life, but... I just feel like this seems stupid to me. Like, yeah, I get, you know what? If you're, if you're upset about bad reviews, have better service or a better product. Well, George, I got a buddy of mine who owns a pest control company, and he got a couple of negative Yelp reviews. But what he found out was is that the people who left the negative reviews, guess who they were? They were his competition. Right. 
So, so this is the power that these reviews Well, you got to have, have those things. Well, there, may, there should be a way to verify that stuff. Like maybe you have to put, like if you're Yelp or whoever, you have to have a, a copy of some sort of receipt, right, or something where these things can be verified. We do it with Twitter. Um, you don't have to put in your address or anything. You can mark that stuff out. But at least so that way it has your name on it and they can verify who the reviewer is. That's, I, I think that's an reviews. easy fix. God, I never leave reviews. Nothing good, no. nothing I, bad. I never yeah. leave reviews, not on Amazon, Yelp. Yeah. Laura, I'm you leave reviews? Review game. Yeah, if you have booty service, I'm a let people know, okay? <laughs> booty service. Gotta have some booty service. <laughs> I was like, and yeah, if it's a bad service, but equally, if they were great, I will also praise because you got to do that. I think people focus a lot on the negative, negative service, but I'm big on knowing a server's name, knowing people's names, and calling them by their name. So if you give me good service, I'm also going to shout you out and tip you better. All right, cool. Uh, on to the next one. Lindsay. All right, so Shaq has turned into quite the successful businessman since he retired from the NBA, and in 2013, he became a minority owner in the Sacramento Kings. Well, yesterday, it was announced that Shaq has been named a brand ambassador for WinBet, and he's going to be the face of the gambling company's advertising campaigns. So to comply with NBA rules, Shaq has to sell his minority stake in the Kings. Is this oh. a big deal or no deal? Uh, Cap, you should start first because you actually know one of the minority partners in the Kings. I do. Um, I, I have some close friends that are, they actually own, believe it or not, they own the majority. Did Laura just laugh? I don't know, Laura, did you just giggle? No, I haven't even turned on the mic. <laughs> oh, I thought they, you laughed because no, we were talking about the Kings. No, no. They, they, Damn, he's, George. <laughs> the, yeah, these guys are actually the majority owners. It's just that the, that the NBA requires like one person to be like the face of ownership. The governor. Yeah, yes. right. And so these guys, they're brothers, and they own what I would call is the majority. Nonetheless, here's the point. I'm going to say this is no deal for this reason. Shaq may own a small piece of the Sacramento Kings, but I'm going to take a guess here that Shaq never really put up any money to get his minority ownership. I would right. say that the owner, Vivek, loved having Shaquille O'Neal around because Vivek wants to be like a Mark Cuban kind of character. And so I'm going to guess that Vivek said to Shaq, hey, here's a point in the Sacramento Kings, and all I want you to do is hang out with me. And so Shaq thinks that he can make a lot more money being the face of some betting organization than he's ever going to make in the Sacramento Kings. And by the way, here's another thing. This is so dumb. Like we talked about this the other day about how the NFL is going to start having uh, sports books in stadiums. Why are, we, why are we denying this? We all know it's happening, so I'm going no deal. Wait, so so the report that he invested five hundred million in the team like eight years ago. Oh gosh, that, come on. It, that's not. I'm just asking because I'm honestly. Completely I mean, that ignorant. might be true, Cap. No, I don't no, know that. I, no, no, I don't know, but, but five hundred five hundred million is a ridiculous amount of money. Ridic, okay? To be a minority uh, owner, I would have to go back and look. Yeah. But I'm telling. Well, listen, you that we got to go. We have no. to talk about this tomorrow, no. then, no. I guess, because right. we're right. up. The Angels are, are coming up next. Thanks to Cap, Lindsay, and Laura. I'll talk to you. We'll, we'll all talk to you mañana. See ya.